I'm Sharon Collin and you are listening to the ADHD Families Podcast. I am a mum of three beautiful boys with ADHD. I love being a mum, but my home life was absolute chaos and the stress of daily life had a terrible effect on my health. My husband had so many horror-filled stories of growing up with ADHD that I decided I wanted to change the experience for my little boys. So I got to work and I systematically changed and streamlined my family's lives to suit the ADHD brain. And now that I have my family on track, I want to help yours. Do you want a life with your beautiful kids that is more functional, fun, and full of joy? Let's explore together the wonderful and sometimes wacky world of raising kids with ADHD. Today on the ADHD Families podcast, we have the amazing Leonie Dawson. Now, she is someone I really admire. She is an international best-selling author and a multi-passionate entrepreneur. Uh, Leonie has generated over $13 million in revenue while working 10 hours a week. Leonie also celebrates her neurodiversity, and I'm so happy to have her join us on the podcast today. Welcome, Leonie. Thanks for having me, Sharon, and thanks for having these important conversations. Oh, I'm so excited. I've been actually wanting to talk to you for a long time. I've heard you on a few podcasts, and I get your newsletter. I'm in your um, business academy, like the you know the the one that you did recently, where you throw everything at everyone. And I was so excited um, to just have a chat to you about your journey. Can you tell us a little bit for those who don't know you? Um, tell us a little bit about you. Sure. Um, I clearly was born with neurodiversity. It's not like you fall into it later, Um, but I was late diagnosed. So I only found out when I was 38 that I I was autistic and ADHD. Um, I had known for maybe five years before then that I was autistic. I'd self-diagnosed and that was like, oh, okay, yes, that's definitely me. And then going through the diagnostic process for autism, discovered that I had the bonus of ADHD as well. So um, that's been a really fascinating journey for me. And I feel so lucky to have the answer to why I was a bit kooky, you know, and why I'm built a little bit different. But I genuinely do still regard it as being an enormous blessing in my life. And I think that um, if you gave me the choice, whether I was going to be neurodiverse or not, like I am 100% going to take neurodiversity all the time because I think it's a better life. (laughs) That is so lovely to hear. And I think a lot of our listeners, you know, um, coming from a parenting point of view, they worry so much. They worry. They worry uh, a lot of the time. Um, worry themselves sick over what's going to happen, you know, what's going to happen in the future. But time and time again, we've shown that it can be such a blessing and it can actually give, um, you know, a little bit of an advantage when you're thinking about, uh, you know, the workplace and things. Can you tell us a little bit about your business journey? Sure. What, um, what that looked like for you? Sure. Um, for me, I really wanted to be something creative for growing up, um, but I was born into a farming family and they didn't think that creativity or have being self-employed was a way to have sustainable income. So I was like, well, second best option, I should become Prime Minister of Australia. 
And so I moved to Canberra and I worked in Parliament House at a really young age and um, realised like, oh no, this is not the space for me. Like I am not going to be able to be all of myself in this space. Um, It's got like my, I have paper thin skin and those bastards need to have like rhino (laughs) hides to be able to cope in that environment. So um, I was like 22. 21, 22, when I was like, actually, no, I need to go back to the original idea of having some kind of creative career. Um, And so I started building it organically. I started blogging in 2004. I started running retreats and creativity workshops and sharing stuff in person and online. And then the online stuff continued to grow and grow and grow. Um, And eventually, uh, it became abundant enough that my husband and I could leave our government jobs and um, just be hotties who live off their business. <laughs> I love that so much. And can you tell me a little bit about um, what it was like in school for you? Sure. Um, this may not apply because I'm that beautiful combination of autistic and ADHD, um, so it may not like resonate with other people but for me I really loved learning I was so voracious for information I was one of five kids and my mum always said that I was the most challenging to parent because I needed so much information new information and so she she said it was always like just throwing books in front of my path throwing new options in front of my path like just so for me to mow through the information um and I should say like my eldest brother had cerebral palsy and she thought it was more difficult to parent me (laughs) um so I get that we are a lot of energy when we're younger and excitable and for me, school was fascinating to learn new stuff, but socially it was a disaster. Um, I don't think I made any friends at all till I was maybe 11 or older. Um, I spent my days, like my uh, school and stuff, in the library. <laughs> uh, that was my happy place. And um, the social stuff just took a lot longer to come along than other people. When I was a teenager, I wasn't happy with where I was living in terms of like I was living in a small rural town. There weren't any options. There was just one big state school. So I kindly informed my parents that I was either going to go overseas as an exchange student or I was going to send myself to boarding school. And they were like, okay, well, we would probably prefer boarding school, but we can't afford it. So can you get scholarships? And they got me to ride away to a whole bunch of boarding schools and do a whole bunch of tests, scholarship tests, and see which scholarships I was awarded and then make a decision for myself. Um, and I'm very, very grateful that they were so supportive of that process because that was healing and life-changing for me to get to go to boarding school, which was a lot less uh, overwhelming, uh, even though it's boarding school. You know, it was very, it was a small regional boarding school filled with kids that came from cattle properties. So they were, you know, a lot more chilled out themselves in a lot of ways. They were very grounded humans, and I really had just the best time there. So I'm I'm so grateful. 
That is that is so good and not not a normal like it's not um, a story that I've heard before about wanting to go to boarding school. <laughs> <laughs> Usually it goes the other I way. I sent myself. Yeah, that's right. I sent myself and my best friend. Um, was uh, was a boy and he was like excuse me you're not leaving me here by myself I can't cope with these people so he managed to convince his parents to send me to the same boarding school (laughs) I love that I love it uh now I one of the things that I really admire about you and I've been reading you know your newsletters and consuming a lot of your content for a while now is you are really open about mental health I really really love this about you because I think sometimes I don't know with social media and all that sort of stuff like that we just just always get consuming like what what um everyone looks so perfect right and and it really it really blows my mind I always try and make sure that I let people know like all the the crazy stuff that happens in my household too like not just not just the nice photos where we're all staged you know but all all the wildness as well so I love that you are so open about mental health can you tell me um, a little bit about your journey with mental health. Sure. Um, so my running joke is that I was born into a family of people who are very strong in their bodies. You know, they'll live till late 90s, 100. Um, so strong bodies, weak minds. <laughs> my like grandma said you can only have one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> she said you can only have one oh, or the other. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So Physically, my people are strong like bulls, but mentally, no thank you. So um, I grew up in, you know, a family that was aware of, like, that stuff didn't always go to plan. Um, I'm not saying that they managed that particularly well, but it was fairly obvious that other people were struggling with this stuff. And for me, it became something that I couldn't ignore anymore when I had my first daughter and uh, my first child and I had postnatal depression and anxiety and went through a whole bunch of um, life traumas and just was at my limit. I couldn't cope anymore and desperately needed help. And I remember at the time somebody said to me, one day you're going to write about this. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? No, thank you. I will never talk about how bad this got. because, you know, I'm a life coach. Like who wants to know like a life coach that's like experienced such difficult things. But then as I healed from it and um, started kind of looking at the tapestry of my life, I realized that I needed to share about it publicly. And I was so honored with all of the people who shared when shit got bad with them. And so I wanted to kind of repay that level of honesty and vulnerability. And I also felt so protective of other new mums, like, oh, there's going to be other mums out there that are just having the worst time right now. And I need them to know that they're not alone and that I promise they can heal from this and they can get through this. So I, um, it took a couple of months to end up writing about that experience and sharing it. And as soon as I did, the response I got was just, so powerful and so profound that I thought I will never hide this stuff again. I will always share where shit gets bad. Um, so, you know, I've had a, a few depressive episodes since then and uh, I've been very happy to write about them. Once I'm through it, I usually don't write about it when I'm in it because shit's just so bad. But when I learn the lessons and when I heal and start moving out the other side, then I'll 
that I'll tell people. Of course, I'll tell people like my trusted people, like my husband, um, my friends, my family, when I'm in crisis mode and need support. Um, But when it comes to sharing and teaching from that perspective, I wait until I'm in a different, different space. I just, yeah, I think, I think it's just such an important um, message for someone like you as well, who has such a great following, uh, a loyal following to let people know that, you know, that they're able to share their journeys. And and once someone does it, just like you said, it's like a, uh, it's a waterfall. Everyone, you know, feels able to, to discuss these things. And I just love how you, I love how you write about it as well. It's, it's in a lovely, relatable way. Now tell me one of the things that I admire about you, and there is a lot that I admire about you, um, is your boundaries. You have, you seem to have, and I'm, I wonder whether this is just my perception, but you seem to have good concept of boundaries. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Sure. Like I have a good understanding of boundaries because I grew up in a home that didn't have many boundaries Um, and especially relational boundaries and children weren't allowed to have boundaries you know what I mean and um, so it was it came later for me and it came tied in with that postnatal depression crash when I had my first daughter because I'd been able to go through my life while still being the daughter and sister that everybody wanted me to be. But when I had my first child and became a mother, I was like, I don't actually have the time or the physical energy or the brain space to be able to continue to fulfill these roles that I used to do. And my family did not take well to that. My family of origin didn't take well well to that. Um, And so it took me a lot of therapy to be able to stand up for myself. And it's still a work in progress to say, this is not okay. And you actually can't do this because it's damaging me. It's damaging my relationships. It's damaging my child. Um, And I think discovering how profoundly healing and protective boundaries can be made me realize like, oh, this is the path to sustainability. Mm. So in my business, I need to have good boundaries. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to continue to keep doing what I'm doing. I have been um, selling stuff online for nearly 20 years now. I've been blogging for 20 years. I've been a public figure for nearly two decades, you know. And if I didn't have boundaries, I would have burned out or been really fucked up from that a long time ago. But I have managed to work out a way to craft a life that actually works for me now. And that means that I can't do all the things that people want me to do. And I can only just offer what is in my heart and protect myself and make sure that I'm giving myself the the kindness, the gentleness, the lifestyle I need in order to be able to continue. That is just so good. And and one of the one of the things, a topic that comes up again and again in our private Facebook group is boundaries. Um, people saying yes when they really mean no, people burning themselves out, trying to people please. And it's it's something that um that just keeps coming up. And so I really appreciate you giving your uh, take on it. And it's something that I have been admiring from a distance. I, I can see that you have your like little set things of what you will, you know, what you'll take on and what you won't. And I, I think that's really I think that's really great. Um, I'm really interested to know, like going on from that boundaries conversation, what 
Um, how you go balancing, now I know with work, you are super successful, you know, as, um, you know, as an entrepreneur, you've done some amazing things, you've won incredible awards, you're, you're doing really great. How do you go balancing that with your life commitment stuff? Oh, um, so for me, I've always worked a very limited work week. So I've only ever been able to do like 10 hours a week in my business. And that was it wasn't something that I chose. It was just, that was the constraints. I originally set up my business while I was still working full-time for the Australian government. I only left once I had a baby and that baby did not sleep and cried when she was not in my arms. So um, 10 hours a week was actually like a luxury <laughs> to even find those hours for a lot of years in my life. And the blessing of that is that it's, made me very good at going, okay, what is the most important thing for me to do right now? What is mission critical for me to grow this business? And what are all the things that are just going to have to fuck themselves? Like they're just going to have to fuck off and die because I'm not going to do them. That I just not, I don't have the time or the energy or the brain to be able to do that. So there is a, even though you see so much success, I just want you to know that there is a very long unfinished to-do list behind me of things that have just gone, actually just can't do them. I'll just do the, like the mission critical and that's it. And when you talk about the mission critical stuff, because I love it because you're talking about like sort of triaging your time there. Um, how do you stop your um, wonderful ADHD brain from getting distracted by the shiny things. Like, because I, I hear this a lot. People are like, "Oh, I've, I've really got to do this," but that thing looks fun and new over there. How do you how do you direct yeah. your energy? I think the burning desire to pay my bills is very um, it's a real thrill for me. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no other fucking option. I just need to make it happen. We can do the shiny shit at another point. And I do do shiny shit. Like I am always doing shiny shit, but it's got to come second to the actual important stuff. It's it's funny how the brain works, isn't it? Like you can be like, yes, like I know that thing is going to move the needle. That is like 100%. That's the great job that I need to do. And then you're like, there is this completely unrelated thing that's not going to give me any income and not going to do anything, but I'm going to focus attention on that. <laughs> Yeah, and there's so many tasks, you know, that I'm like halfway through going, this is the greatest, like I, what a fun thing I'm doing. And then I'm like, Leonie, is this actually important? And I have to just kill it. I just have to go, oh. or if I really want to finish it just for a little dopamine tick, then that's going to have to happen outside of business hours and just be like, well, that was a fun thing to do. I think the trick is to become dopamine addicted to your own business's success because um, here I've learned this as a real lesson. I took up gaming like June last year and I started playing this stupid game called Star Stables and it's very popular with girls between the age of like 11 and 13 and you ride around on imaginary ponies online and you like do all these races and you get new outfits for your horse and stuff like that. And I became very dopamine addicted to it because I could get up new levels. I could train my horse. I could collect like the Halloween <laughs> outfits. It was a whole thing. Um, and I discovered six months later that it had cost me a hundred thousand dollars in revenue. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. yeah. 
yeah, because I'd switched that dopamine from my business and my business to success and attaining that new level of income to fucking ponies. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? It's a good lesson. It's a good lesson. Like, whatever, my business makes a million dollars a year, like $100,000. It's a lot of money, but also we make mistakes, whatever. Um... So I've just had to cut myself off cold turkey from gaming and from those pretty ponies and just uh, refocus my dopamine onto attaining business success and income because that is hugely a big driving force for me. Yeah, and it's it's so good that you are able to, you know, to do, to do something that you, that you love and that you're great at as well, like, um, you know, to follow that passion. Um, now tell me a little bit about um, your you know, you've got two lovely daughters and a husband and everything that's going on. Is there neurodiversity going there as well or is is it just you in your house? Uh, I don't want to disclose oh, okay. anything about my family, but I will say like as if I there would be no neurodiversity. Okay, I see. It's a contagious diagnosis. Well, yes, yeah, it is. I, I only ask because of my own household. <laughs> Yeah, I just don't want to. I just don't want to out any anybody or my kids or anything of like course, that. Of course, of um, course. Now, tell me, how does it go with your family dynamics? Have you got any tips for our um, beautiful listeners about you know how you make? Because I know you're you're a working mom. You've got two kids. You've got lots going on. Um, you know, with with how your business operates and everything like that. How do you go with making you know the, the, all the home commitment stuff as well? How does it? How, do you got any tips for us? Yeah, I mean, for me, what I've discovered works is that we as a family need to live a very quiet life. So we like a lot of home time. We don't do a lot of extracurricular stuff. We don't trollop all over the countryside to go to birthday parties every weekend. It's, you know, birthday parties are only for very special friends. Um, And... If it's just not at a good time for me as well, in terms of I don't like being out in the afternoons because it fries my brain a lot more than if I'm in the mornings, then we just have to skip it. So limitations are our best friend. Mm, that is that is so good and actually quite refreshing to hear, like, you know, that you can quieten things down, you know, that, that it, is a, it is a choice. Um, sometimes yeah. it feels a bit weird, but you can actually say no to things and quieten it down and give you what you need or what your, what your kid needs or what you need. Yeah. And like I've always, you know, on some level I did have some kind of shame about that. Like why can't I be like everybody else and live at that pace? But I actually just physically can't. I emotionally can't. And if I do push myself at that level, I burn out very quickly and I'm not the mother or the person that I want to be. Um, so it's important for me to protect that time. And also, you know, it has a flow on effect that my kids are really happy being at home. They're really happy homebodies. They don't love being out a lot. They've got their own interests at home. Um, my youngest is always saying to me, like, mommy, can we not go out tomorrow? Um, and she's got big plans. She's going to listen to an audio book. She's going to do some reading. She's going to do some drawing. She's going to roll a skate around the house, whatever. Um, and they're very happy in themselves and in their relationship with everybody else in the family. That is just, yeah, it's, it's really great. And doing what, like we, we can do what we want to do. It's literally our family. Like we, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know. I feel like sometimes we wait for permission to do things, you know. Um, so I, I really like that you can work out what works for you and what works out for your family. And that comes back to that boundaries discussion, doesn't it? Like you are quite good at that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I just wanted to say thank you so much. I love learning a little bit about you and your story. And I know that your business is just incredible. So if anyone um, wants to look you up and see a little bit more about what you do, can you tell them where to find you? Sure. I am at leonidawson.com. I'm not on social media. I just talk shit to people on the internet, really, via my website, my newsletter, all of the free stuff that I give away, my academy. And I've got a podcast as well, Leonie Dawson Refuses to be Categorised. So I just like to create and give shit away and help people however I can. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been so awesome having you here. Oh, bless. Thank you so much, Sharon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the ADHD Families Podcast. If you loved it, please share it on your socials. I want this to start a conversation about ADHD. If you want to make this mum do a little happy dance, please leave a review on iTunes. If you would like to know more about what we do, check out thefunctionalfamily.com. I truly hope that you enjoyed this podcast and you use it to create a wonderful, effective, joyful life with your beautiful children.